0: Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldron from Evangelism in Australia. Well, it is mid year. We have now completed another half year of podcast episodes. It's pretty exciting. Mid year, I would love to give you the top two episodes that have been downloaded and listened to in the six months. So today, we're listening to the second most listened to episode at mid year 2023 get back and listen to all the others. It's been a great year so far. Enjoy this episode. My name's Tina Waldron. Welcome to the podcast. Every week, I look to interview someone that can help you share your faith naturally with the world around you. In 2023, I'm going to be interviewing people in Australia, also a few from overseas, and then there'll be a few weeks that I'll jump on myself and actually do a little bit of recording with some information that may help. If you're looking to do some coaching in evangelism or as a female in ministry or an online course this year in personal evangelism, please check out our website evangelisminaustralia.com. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win-Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum from Evangelism in Australia and today I'm speaking with Kurt Fredrickson, who is the Associate Dean for Professional Doctoral Programs at Fuller Theological Seminary in California. We are going to talk about the church, settled or sent. Welcome to you, Kurt.
1: Hi, Tina. So glad to be here.
0: It is fantastic to have you along, Kurt. I mean, you are very experienced, have a lot of wisdom. Tell us about your ministry background, what you've been doing. So, I
1: pastored a church in California for 24 years. After I graduated from Fuller Seminary with my master's degree, went to one church, and I started off as associate pastor for six years, and then they were crazy enough to keep me on, and uh, I graduated, was promoted to a senior pastor, and I did that for 18 more years. So 24 years uh, in in one ministry context, which was just a wonderful season of ministry for for me. Got to see people come to Christ and and, and also deal with people uh, in all stages of their life with the very best and some of the tough times too. Did that for 24 years. Then 20 years ago, Started my new work at Fuller Seminary, running the Doctor of Ministry program and another professional doctoral program called Doctor of Global Leadership. And I have the amazing opportunity uh, to work with pastors and other ministry leaders who just want to excel at the craft of ministry and help them kind of fall in love with Jesus again and fall in love with the church again sometimes because. Church ministry, as you know, sometimes is really, really tough on pastoral leaders. They forget their call to ministry. They forget even their own relationship with Christ. And church becomes a difficult place, too. So we teach them some new things. Our, our slogan in DMIN program is fire for ministry, oxygen for your soul. We want them to learn new craft of ministry, and also fall in love with Jesus, again, along the way.
0: I absolutely love what Fuller does, and it's uh, amazing the opportunity that you have to be hearing thousands of pastors' hearts and lives, the challenges, and you're very much on this leading edge of how does the church operate in the community, hence our title today, The Church Settled or Sent, and that's assuming that you have some idea of sent so let's talk about that how would you even define that a church that is either settled or sent what would be the big differences of those two
1: well let me get theological for a second for, for first of all uh, my basic conviction is that god is a missionary god and god has always been about the the process of sending, of of reaching out, of extending to the world, to, to individuals. And because God is a missionary God, He has called the church to be a missionary people as well, both corporately and then individually. When I think about a church being settled or sent, it is a basic premise or a basic decision that every church needs to make. Do they want to be settled? which to to me means that they are just content with the nice ministry that they're doing, taking care of each other, doing good. I mean, they're certainly doing good, but are they just content in in a nice, safe environment? Or is a church willing not only to care for themselves, but also to reach out to extend themselves beyond the four walls of their church to do the risky work uh, of extending themselves out to other people, which becomes more difficult and becomes messy along the way. Yeah, And I think that, that every church can be a sent church. It's going to look different in every congregation, but every church has that opportunity to make the decision, are we going to be settled and happy in our nice little, Comfortable world, or are we going to be sent out in, in mission to
0: others? <laughs> Got me smiling here because you've raised so many wonderful points, but so many challenges. Like, let me just ask your thoughts. I love doing outreach, obviously. This is what I do with, with my life and encouraging others. So I love this concept of the church sent, but why do churches become settled? what is going on for a church to become settled well it, it it's
1: it's good and comfortable you know we we like being with hanging out with our friends what we like being with people who are like us you know and 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 we like what is familiar and, and as soon as you start expanding beyond that and, and reaching out to other people who are different from us in a whole lot of different ways who might make us uncomfortable at times. Uh, It's easy to just retreat back into that very, very safe space. Hmm. You know, I I had a um, radical kind of conversion experience when, when I was pastoring my church, and it came about halfway through my ministry as the senior pastor. Our church was growing. A lot of people were coming to our congregation. I didn't ask at that point because I really didn't want to know. But most of them were coming from other congregations. And and so it wasn't uh, that we're winning new people to the Lord. It's that we were just gathering people from other congregations because we were the cool church in town for a while. And I had this sense and, and the Lord spoke to me. And I got the sense that what if the rapture took place? Now, that's not my eschatology, you know, so I don't think that. But, you know, just for the moment, you know, what if rapture took place? You know, the trumpets blare and all the Christians are gone and all the Christians in my church are gone. Would my community of 100,000 people, would my community know that my church was gone? And if they knew, would they be happy or sad? (laughs) <laughs> I wanted us to become a congregation that, if we no longer existed in my town in California, that that people in our community would be would miss us. First of all, would know that something is not happening because our church isn't there more, and they would be sad because our church was doing good in the community. And and so there was just this radical conversion for me, first of all, that insight that that we were a settled church, that we're very happy, content with just the work that we did taking care of each other, which is great. But if we no longer existed in our community, no one would miss us, no one would be sad. I wanted to be a church that would be missed and then people be sad about us, and so we changed the way we did ministry. I changed the way I did my own ministry, and then the church gradually uh, changed as well.
0: Yeah, so it, it it is a big question because it I think it does have to be led from the person that's leading. You can't start talking about something unless you're actually living it. So, am I correct in understanding that you became a chaplain to the police force in the area? Yeah, so 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 that was part of what
1: changed for me. So when I had this realization that I needed to be a different type of pastor, a pastor that was working beyond the four walls, uh, I, I joined local local service club, Rotary, um, and, and and through my uh, association with people in Rotary, I met the police chief, and the and the police chief police chief in, in uh, at my Rotary Club said, you you like to become a chaplain? One of our chaplains just moved away. Do you want to do that? I said, okay. You know, so I went through all the process of getting approved, become a police chaplain. And, and I did that for 24 years in our community. And through my association as a police chaplain, not only did I minister to police officers and other employees uh, at the police department, but also engaged in some pretty sad stuff going going on in town. Um, got very involved in homelessness ministry, uh, got on the board of the Free Clinic, which does medical, legal, dental, uh, mental health counseling, uh, and and kind of became the chaplain to city manager and city council as well. And so it just expanded out. Um, and and I talked about that in uh, our church. Um, and then my board agreed that everybody on my staff need to spend at least 10% of their working hours outside of ministry to the church. So coach something at at local high school, be engaged in some sort of ministry. You know, and so I was modeling that. My staff was modeling that. And then we were saying to the congregation, you can do this too. You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. You don't really even have to change the way you're doing your life. Just take a look at all the places where you are already engaged in the world, where you work. Uh, at your kids' schools, the the sporting events that you coach? How can you turn those places, those spaces where you already exist, as places where you become a minister of the gospel, where you get to share Jesus just in out of your own personality, out of the person that you are?
0: Yeah, I uh, I so love this. Let me ask you a big question, though. And It's so great that I'm talking to you on the other side of you having gone through that pastoral season because I feel like you're being very open and honest, (laughs) which is extremely helpful. So if you take a church in that direction and and move yourself from being settled to sent, to move a a staff from being settled to sent, from moving a congregation, I would think that your measures of success – and now hear me out here, Kurt, sometimes we can pastor churches and our measure of success can be how many people come into our buildings. Did you then have to think through how would we change our measures of success so that that were more helpful for people to say, well, we are affirming you if you are living this sense rather than settled life? So we had a monthly volunteer
1: um vision meeting. Uh, And at that meeting, we gave out two little silly quirky awards every month. The the first award was called the Towel and Basin Award. And it was just this really silly towel and basin that we painted, spray painted gold, you know, And, and that went to somebody in the congregation who was serving within the church. Cause we wanted to affirm those people. So, so they got this silly little trophy for a month. They got a t-shirt, you know, and we did that. And we also had a salt and light award, which again was just a little flashlight, a little shaker of salt. And we spray painted that one silver. And, and we gave that to somebody who was doing ministry out in the world, out, out in our community, because we wanted to affirm that, uh, both the ministry inside the church and the ministry outside the church, our congregation dwindled by 30% as we started moving in this new direction. Because discipleship became more of, of something that we were pushing rather than you know, those old measurements of ABCs, attendance, bodies, and cash. You know, we started to think about ministry differently, and and, and we were encouraging people in your place, in your spaces of life, how will you be a disciple of Jesus and and how will you just live that out? and that became uncomfortable for some people and and so all those people who came to my church, you know called it my church back in those days uh, because how cool we were, they moved on to the next cool church. That didn't ask as much of them as we started to ask uh, of our people. Which then has implications and it's tough implications, because then some of the contributions dwindled, which meant we had budget issues to deal with. Uh, and, and when we start to think about programming differently, you know, that caused some people to say, but my kid liked the way Sunday school used to be and they would go someplace else. And so it's not easy, you know, to to, to start on the the journey from being settled to sent. Uh, It has wonderful missional implications, but there are some very difficult ministry challenges that go along with that.
0: Yeah, because I would say that, you know, most people that I talk to, including leaders, pastors of churches, would agree with us, would say, oh, yeah, we really absolutely, we understand this conversation and we want to be the church sent. But there are those implications that you've just raised. So if you look back now to that time, What would be some helpful things that you would say now to maybe people that are thinking, "Mm, we need to shift in this direction, but Kurt, give us some of your wisdom. Are there things that you would have done differently? How how could we do this that's going to be more effective or less catastrophic on some of those areas?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think, first of all, that to, to make the move from being settled to sent, will always have challenges and consequences to it. Both for people in our congregation and for the pastors, it becomes more difficult to actually be that missionary type of person. To to always push out is going to be challenging uh, for for people. I, I wish I had done a better job at helping people understand that they don't need to change who they are to be a sent person. They just need to have a new mindset. So my key verse for evangelism is 1 Peter 3.15. So set apart Christ Jesus as Lord and always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have within you and do that with gentleness and respect. So, so that first, first of all, says to me, we need to walk with Jesus. We need to abide with Jesus. We need to allow the fruit of the Spirit to be evidenced in our, in, in our life. No matter who we are, that is something that we can do. So we make Christ Lord and let him abide in our lives so that we're actually changed and transformed. And hopefully, as we're changed and transformed, people will see that we're different. Either way that we'll respond to difficult situations or we respond to a health crisis or something tough going on in our lives that we respond differently. So people might ask, so what's this hope? They don't use that word, you know, but what, what's, what makes you different? And that we can share. We do that with generous respect. And depending on who we are, we share in different ways. Some of us you know, where we're extroverted and, and we know some things about scripture where we can actually go into something deep and theological. Some of us are people who just say, Let me bring you to a community where you can learn more about that. You know, it's kind of Andrew, you know, to telling his brother, hey, we found Jesus. You know, or or maybe it's as simple as the blind man who was healed by Jesus, who said, you know, I don't know, other than I once was blind, but now I see. All of us can be sent people. It's going to look different for each one of us. But each one of us can be that sent sort of person. And, and, and as that begins to develop within a congregation, maybe the congregation begins to get a, a mindset, a culture shifts. So it's not just the pastors who are doing this, and it's not just a few extroverted lay people in a congregation are doing this, but, but there's a greater sense that all of us can do that. And, and I'm wondering if if that became more a part of, of our ministry in California, if if there was a genuine, deep overtime culture shift. Then maybe people wouldn't have left and, and gone to the next place that's easier to go to church, but would say, no, I, I want to be a part of this. And maybe be able to say, God is missionary God who has sent Jesus into the world, and now he has sent God's people into the world, and I'm part of that movement, and I want to see my neighborhood become something better and different and blessed in Jesus' name. But I think it's hard.
0: Yeah, Really hard, really hard if you're trying to bring something different or see something different in an existing way of church. Yeah. I guess a lot easier if you're starting out and you're a new church plant.
1: A- at first it is, but then um, the church people from the other congregations start coming over and uh, then it becomes more difficult again. See, a- and I guess maybe in established churches, the, the, there's a sense that it's the pastor's job, and, and and it needs to be more than just the pastor's job. You know, a, a, every pastoral leader only has a certain amount of people that they can actually associate with, but you have a whole congregation that that is out serving and, and sharing. It has a radical uh, implications for for the congregation and for the community.
0: Yeah, I think it was many years ago, Bill Hybels mentioned that of all the focuses that churches can have, his research showed that evangelism, unless you keep the heat at it consistently, will hit the very bottom of outworked values of any church. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's hard work. It is. I just think, Kurt, of just this podcast alone I think of people that have podcasts on worship or podcasts on leadership (laughs) or podcasts on nearly every other topic within the church just get highly listened to straight away. But all podcasts that are on outreach, mission or evangelism, it's very different. People aren't naturally gravitating as believers to, oh, yeah, how can I be on mission for Jesus? Yeah, well, and, and I
1: think that we're afraid of the word evangelism and witness. There are just an awful lot of negative connotations to, to that word. You know, we all know about the street preachers who just kind of yell at us, you know. Or we've heard stories about, you know, the person who sits next to somebody on an airplane and says, "Well, you know, if this plane goes down, do you know what's going to happen to you?" You know, and it, 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 it's just unnatural, and, and and there's almost a sense of bullying that sometimes comes about when we think about witness or or evangelism. You know, but if it if we can reframe it as Set apart Christ Jesus, Lord in your heart. Live out the gospel in your own life, just in the ways that work for you, without changing mm. and 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 with gentleness and respect. You know, sometimes evangelism just doesn't have that gentleness and respect sense to it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent
1: agree. It it doesn't have to be as unnatural as we've made it. We've made it to be something that is just done by. A few
0: yes and I, I agree I think there is a there's a challenge around the word <laughs> as well but when we start to talk about everyone is can be sent that we're not meant to be settled corporately or individually then that's challenging anyway isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah 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 see and I think it starts in our neighborhood you know if, if we just get to know our neighbors, and become their friends, not to make them a project, but but just to be neighborly towards other people. As time goes by, we're gonna have the opportunity to do good in in their life. And as time goes by, they'll understand that we're followers of Jesus, and, and, and we're not being nice to them, so that they become Christians, we're being nice to them, good to them, because that's what followers of Jesus do. Mm, mm. And who knows what the good results might be down the road. Yes. But it starts by, even in our own neighbourhoods, getting out beyond our four walls and getting to know the people who are around us and loving them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Such a challenging conversation. So the church settled or sent i'm hoping today that you feel really encouraged that you actually are sent that that conversation with kurt has really fired you up a little bit i'm going to drop in the show notes for you all the links so that you can stay connected to kurt and maybe even some resources there of what kurt would recommend that you could have a look at also you can check out where kurt is involved at fuller in pasadena so Kurt, this has been wonderful. Love to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Tina. So good to be here. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Don't forget to check out on missionwithgod.com. Love to see you in the course this year. Have a great week and see you next time. We're here
1: to tell a story.